welcome to Classroom Crush. It's the podcast where I talk to people about their crushes and my crushes from elementary school to high school because I'm really trying to just figure out my life and I think it might be working. I don't know. I'm looking back and I'm seeing uh, where I've gone wrong and where I have been wronged and I am blaming other people mostly, but I I, I can be accountable sometimes. Uh, I'm still in LA. It's cool. It reminds me of Miami. I feel like I'm in high school because it's like hot and I'm like wearing a fucking skirt, like some girl wearing a skirt and I'm like insecure <laughs> and, and it just feels like I'm 16, like driving in my car in traffic and I don't know, it's put me in a weird like physical space to be doing this, but maybe good. I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. This is my intro. The end. I have Alan Hansen. Hey. Hi. So here's the thing. We should we should mention this because this is fun. It's a fun, interesting thing. Okay. Um, this is the first time we've met each other IRL. That's right. We know each other from the internet. True. Not the first time that this has happened on this podcast. I think it's a fun dynamic. Oh, it really brings the community together. Yeah. It's like, it's cool to see that you're a human being <laughs> and and it's just like, I wonder how this will hap- how this will all unfold. Oh yeah, I feel like it's gonna be a shit show, but I'm very excited. That's I need good. drama. So, who are you gonna be talking about today? Um, Do you know? Yeah, I've got. Well, I've got a couple. I didn't know exactly, you know, how it was gonna go, so I have some yeah. on deck. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you want to throw a name out there of like maybe the significant one that comes to mind? Uh, well, the you don't have to do real name. You can <laughs> change it. Up. Uh, well, one of the more embarrassing that I thought might be funnier, significant ones, I don't even remember her name. Amazing. Uh, she was just like visiting a neighbor's house, a na- like a friend for like a week. And I went nuts about her. When was this? Like, how old were you? Uh, let's see. I guess I was a, a sophomore. So. Okay. 14, 15. Juicy, juicy time. Really juicy time for, uh, my libido and, uh. My interest in romance and Weezer lyrics. Perfect. Yeah. Did you what 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 were you into about her? She what was, seemed. What was her vibe? She seemed bad. She was Ooh, like, bad girl. Yeah. Punk girl or just uh, troubled? Just trouble. Okay. Um, I was living in Germany at the time. My dad okay. was in the military, so we were stationed there. Okay. And everybody in the courtyard where we lived, um, you know, was a military family. Yeah. And there was a. Uh, a family that had a daughter and a son that were me and my sister's age. So we hung out with them often. But they were like the goodiest two shoes on the block. Boring little prudes. Yeah. yeah. Just always getting in trouble uh, for hanging out with me and, <laughs> and the other kids. Wait, were you bad boy? Yeah. I mean. You Why know, were you bad boy? What, what was the deal? Oh, you know, just like staying out past the streetlights going on and uh... really, really innocent stuff like we made a movie one day and we were throwing rocks at the gazebo to make like gunshot noises. Cause it was like, <laughs> a, like a world war two kind of thing. Like everybody got really mad at us. It was very tame. You're real rascal. Bad boy stuff. Yeah. But compared to this other family, we were like, don't fuck around with those kids. Cause <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And everyone had to be on their super best behavior. Cause like, Oh, if you get in trouble doing anything, it reflects on your father, it reflects on his, his military career and all, yeah. all this kind of bullshit. Um, so, yeah, they had some friend visit, and she was very, like, at the time I believed everything she said. But now looking back on it, all the stories she told me were clearly, like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with these guys we met in Greece. It was, like, probably, like, no, you weren't. <laughs> but uh, she was really um, beefing herself up 
yeah. to be this like cool kind of bad girl. And I was like, oh, you, you fell for yeah. it. You were a hundred percent about it. Definitely. What she look like? Uh, you know, uh, a girl, a girl, a teenage girl. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, low rise pants were really. Really oh in. God, yeah. And that like body spray. Thank from God, that's over. Jesus. Wherever you ba- buy body spray, Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, <laughs> that really like a uh, fruity but like mm-hmm. fake fruit kind of smell. That just like people were drenched in at yeah. the time. Uh, yeah, that was going on. A crop top or something. She sounds like a Christina Aguilera mm-hmm. video extra. Yeah, that was about know. the vibe. She have highlights. I imagine her with highlights. I can't remember, but that would that would fit the bill. Cool. I, I'm very interested in, I don't know, I don't, I don't think I, I, I never like told stories or anything, but I kind of, I kind of talked about this in my last episode, uh, with Bud Anthony Diaz, check it out. <laughs> um, I think I really prioritize like with guys and probably to this day, which is gross. I, cr- I like prioritize s- seeming like interesting and cool, which it's like, I fucking think I'm interesting and cool, so it's not like a lie, but it's not. I don't necessarily uh, do the things that make that attractive. Like, I have two modes. If I if I'm like getting dressed, it's like either I'm gonna look cute or I'm gonna look cool, and it's never gonna be the same. <laughs> it's never like both, and I can't achieve the balance, and I'm still learning, and yeah. it's very hard. I think I try to. Uh mix those two at least now that i'm older i remember at the time though um it was very popular to like that 70s show was on uh-huh. and uh a lot of us had like a little longer hair like almost to the feathered point which i love a lot of uh printed shirts from hollister yeah which also that was a big deal in high school at the time because online ordering wasn't too big of a thing yet so like the cooler kids or the or the, who were more spoiled head would have their like grandparents like go shopping for them and send them a bunch oh, of yeah. shit. So like <laughs> the most popular kids always had like the new Abercrombie Hollister stuff. And it was like, oh man, like I could get like maybe one shirt for Christmas if I like ask nicely. And, and then, then, then you're separated from the pack. You're yeah. like on another level. Yeah. I love that. So who I'm going to be talking about today, also sophomore year, um, or freshman, sophomore, high school, earlier high school. And this one's interesting He's different from other people I've talked about because I think I only recently realized that I had a crush on him and was like for sure super in love with him, mm-hmm. which I I literally last night called my mom and I was, oh his name's Lewis by the way his name's Lewis oh so you know your crush's name oh yes <laughs> I have to Good this on is you. my freaking show <laughs> every week God it's draining um, no I love it I love this listen to it um, I called my mom last night and I was like in your opinion. Did I have a huge crush on Lewis? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, cool. Because the, <laughs> she knew. She knew, yeah. The reason that I almost realized this is because I was going through messages with another guy. And I realized, like, oh, my God, I talk about Lewis all the fucking time. Like, that's a, it's insane. I do not remember talking about him to this extent. But so he was my, like, best friend at the time which is a classic narrative for me, the falling for the best oh, yeah. friend. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Um, and we sort of, we became friends like freshman-ish year and then like sophomore year, I think we were, we were like super, super close. And I go, I, I, I read stuff where I'm talking about like, 
oh no, like I'd, I I was talking to my friend and I was like, yeah, I'm going to Lewis's house later. No, um, me and Lewis are going to go thrift store shopping. And he's like, oh, sounds like a date. I'm like, no, oh my God, Lewis is like my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, and I think I, I thought that because we had a very, we had a very physical relationship, which now looking back, it's like, oh no, we were fucking so horny. Like a hundred percent. We would do this thing because um, we had PE together, which I went to an arts high school. PE was some real bullshit. It was literally like walk around the courtyard, like, nice. and just talk. And it was. It wasn't a horrific experience like most. Uh... Yeah. And I was totally a little brat. I like, because I, I have super fucked up knees because I used to dance. Um, uh, so I had like a note on file that was like, she has fucked up knees. <laughs> so sometimes if I just didn't feel like doing the bare minimum of just walking around the courtyard, I just go up to the PE, uh, coach and I just be like, Hey coach, like, I'm so sorry, but, um, I'm having some really bad issues with my knees today. Uh, and he's like, Oh no, no, no. He would rub my back a little excessively. And I was like, okay. Interesting. But, um, he's like, no, 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 definitely, definitely sit down. I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I really wish I could participate. And then I just be like <laughs> fucking hanging out. Like I was totally stupid, but we would just walk around. And I think we really bonded in that PE class because we love to talk about porn and like sex and stuff. And, we were very open about like how old were you again? I was probably like fifteen or sixteen. Some backstory for you. I've talked about porn so much more than I thought I would. But <laughs> a few episodes ago episodes ago, I talked about how I watched porn for the first time when I was in third grade. So it's been a thing that I've thought about for many years at that point. Um That's pretty advanced. It was advanced. It was by accident, but then it was like intentional <laughs> later I was like cool nice um so I think that he was one of the only other guys that would like talk about that openly and like not in necessarily a gross way mm -hmm. where like we would just talk about it and like I would talk about like wanting to hook up with a girl and he would talk about like guys that he found attractive and like it made us really close but it was also totally like this underlying tension like yeah. 100%. I can't imagine talking to a girl at that age about anything like that. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know why we were so comfortable to do it. I really don't. But it's sort of I'm not saying there's anything wrong no, with that. It's just I would have like me and my guy friends were very like secretive once we started being able to look at that kind of stuff and, like, Yeah. Like you were like, if another girl in our high school, especially when we liked like or I'm not high school, like middle school, knew what was up with that, I'd be like, "What? No, no, we don't." What, what are you talking about? I've never seen a fucking Term pussy in my bright life. Bright red. It's like, no. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. I think once I once I decided that I was, like, fine with being open about it, I was like, yes, I love to talk about porn. Like, <laughs> And I'm sure there's like a there was a performative part of it for me where I was like, I'm fucking cool. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. I'll talk about how I, like, watch lesbian porn. Like, I'm fucking chill. Mm. <laughs> I'm so open, um, which leaves no mystery, which is um to my detriment <laughs> but uh we started like we had this weird physical thing where we were very comfortable with each other like he would like stick his finger in my nose and shit and like it, and that's why i was like no we're brothers and uh, like brother and sister and like now it's like no duh it was like any excuse for human contact yeah and we were, of contact at oh that. yeah it was 
literally <laughs> it would just like shove him shove it up my nose and I was like oh my god stop <laughs> I remember we got into this weird phase where uh we I think I was like getting into just just like BDSM stuff and we would like talk about that and we would do these weird things where he, he would be like slap me as hard as you can and I'm like okay but then you have to slap me and, and he was the only fucking guy who would do it. Like, <laughs> like w- I would slap in the, him in the fucking face and then he would slap me in the face. And this is like at PE or some shit. And it is wild that I ever thought that that wasn't like, obviously I was like fucking horny. Like, <laughs> so that's how our like friendship slash probably lo- love slash lust began. But here's some context just to set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't necessarily like hugely popular at that point. Probably because he was slapping girls in the gym. Yeah, maybe people saw that and they were like, "I don't want to be involved." <laughs> no, no, it was all good. It was fun. Um, it was not problematic. <laughs> um, but he was just like kind of this shorter, just like dude. He wasn't necessarily like hot shot in like the school. And there were some hot fucking dudes at my school. And it was a very small school, so everyone knows everyone. So I really became friends with him because I like really did like him. There was no weird hierarchy going on with anything. Um, So that's how it really starts. Now I want to flip back to you though. I want more. I want to know more about your shit. (laughs) Uh, Well, did you ever slap girls in the face when you were a teen? (laughs) No, not that I can remember. uh, Which, if I can't, that seems odd. Yeah. Um, Definitely had some girlfriends that had like more of a kind of tomboyish like wrestling around phase girl uh, girlfriends girl like space friends, friends. Girl, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> um that looking back was like oh yeah that was also like just an excuse to uh work through some of those those hormones but uh, yeah you're like we're almost humping <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> do you um do you remember the first crush that like that you were like oh sex is cool and i'd like to do it with that person uh yeah yeah i guess so there was there was like a girl in like the larger friend group who was like the girl who talked about sex a lot and talked about porn a lot oh how interesting uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> which was like you know the older you got you're like all right we get it we know what you're doing but <laughs> she was she was the first for me uh her name was frankie and, oh uh, that's so cool i'm jealous yeah so i was very like and I think of my guy friends at the time, I was the only one like starting to uh, at least uh, talk about being interested in, in uh, you know, like And like how stuff. age do you think? Like what age around? Like 13, 14. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, we made out in uh, the bike room. How did you do this? How did you accomplish this? It you was had a goal and you did it. No, it was it was no? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very goal oriented. Uh, it was one of those situations where she was talking about it so much and then everybody in the group like there's just kind of like this air of like oh man like there's like this thing could happen yeah and then i think like some of the other friends like in a in a like hide and go seek or or like whatever way kind of put us in the position to like be alone and then it just kind of went off she she led she led the way okay completely. but what nice friends <laughs> yeah no, good on them um it was in this most awful place the uh we lived in these large like old buildings around the the high school in germany that um Uh didn't have a lot of storage space so there was like this basement that ran through all of the like 
building below that connected like multiple parts of the building uh-huh. with all these like timer lights and it was just like dusty and creepy and like everybody kept their bicycles down there and they're like extra storage it's like full of spiders and just like oh but that's perfect it was awful no no <laughs> no i love it because i remember even at that age being like oh wow we're like making out and stuff and it's she, like a but it's she's like a let movie. me touch her chest and i'm like and there's just dust and shit <laughs> everywhere and i remember being like a little aware of that like this is kind of cool but also i don't know what the fuck i'm doing and we're like leaning up against like a huffy and it's like <laughs> You know when uh, it's like dark and like sunlight streaming through and it shows like beams of just thick dust and probably yeah. asbestos and what the fuck ever we are breathing in. So the memory is like 70% that. Yeah. 30% making out and touching a bra. That's but. so interesting though. That's like totally a thing that like I I would have romanticized, you know, because <laughs> I was very much like my move, my life is a movie, duh. Like this is a great scene and this is a, th- you know, I'd have... You know, fantasies wouldn't just be about, like, you know, the guy that I like and, like, us finally kissing. It would be, like, the guy that I like and we're here. And and it's this time and this song is playing and this just happened and, like, <laughs> and this whole fucking narrative. And I feel like, oh, I, I love that. I'm, like, excited about that <laughs> scene. That scene is great. It's I mean, it's not a scene. It's a memory of your real life. Um, but for me... An outsider, I love it. Yeah. It's great. Sure. I just want you to know how lucky you were. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I'm glad somebody is very stoked about it. Yeah. That's usually what ha- I, I always, I, I, a thing that I've realized doing this show is that I'm a lot of the time very into um, the girls that guys talk about. I'm like, she sounds fucking cool. <laughs> Whereas I'm here and I'm like, this person was awful and maybe i'm just biased yes all women just kidding (laughs) looking back on it she was she was pretty cool she was i mean outside was talking about sex and stuff she was like the girlfriend who was like very just like commanding and like got what she wanted not in like a pushy way just like spoke her mind and like was had a very like confidence about her that a lot of us at that age had yet to develop even if we were ever going to did you think do you think you like had a crush on her immediately or were you friends to crush no, she was like she was on the periphery, like she was friend of friends, and sometimes okay. just like in the in the larger uh, group. And I don't think I was ever extremely into her more than I was into any other girl at that age, other than just like hormonally being like, oh shit, girls. Yeah, yeah. And then when it was just like, oh, she talks about sex stuff and she wants to French and she wants to French <laughs> with you, and I was like, that you know what? At thirteen, this is fucking good enough. Yeah. So I'll I'll give it a shot. I'm jealous. My first kiss was when I was 15, and I was like, "What's this bullshit? Where I'm, I'm fucking cool. Where, how is?" It? And I think uh, I remember when uh, I, I think I was 11 or something. I was talking to my mom, and my mom's very like open with me. Always has been. Probably knows about every person I've ever had sex with or something. We're, we just have that kind of relationship. Um, and when I was, I think 11 we were talking about stuff and she was like, no, yeah, I, oh no, no, I was, I, I had to be younger than that. I think I was probably like 10 and she was like, I think it would be, it would be okay. I, I think it'd be cool for you to, you could get, you could kiss for the first time when you're like 11 or 12. And I was like, well, shit, pressure's on. (laughs) I'm like, I got no prospects and it did not end up happening. (laughs) And, and I feel like she's given me some, unintentional deadlines that I'm like, I'm gotta meet it. I must meet this arbitrary like number and then it passes by and I'm like, I failed the test. I failed the mom test. 
I don't know. Were you, um, I wonder, were you the ki- type of kid that like you really wanted a girlfriend? Were you one of those types? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, a lot of just like, I don't know, movies and music and shit that I was into at that age that are like, you know, a lot of guys like me probably were. Like? No, just like, oh uh, shit. Just well, the like general... the reason I brought up that first crush is because mm-hmm. she, she was only in town for like a week and we were all like hanging out and she was like, oh, you know, I'm moving back to wherever she was visiting from. And I wrote her like a letter, like a, a long, like five or six pages. Oh, embarrassing. I wish you had it. And I think, I mean, I know, but I, I think it was like on the last page, to like to end, end the letter, I like hand wrote out the, <laughs> the lyrics to The World Has Turned and Left Me Here by Weezer. Yeah. Like very like, oh, you're leaving and here I am just with all these feelings and all this I love shit that yeah. you wanted me to fucking leave you alone about. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, that was, uh, I think, I gave it to the friend that she was staying with. It was like, well, you know, give this to whatever yeah. her fucking name was. Uh, did and did I remember, you know like, of any reaction? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, and, okay. I, and, I, and I just, like, which was probably worse. I mean, I'm sure it was like, a, like oh, this guy is, like, creepy. <laughs> like, nothing has really happened between us. And look at all this <laughs> shit he's, like, made up in his head. Yeah. But I think not knowing any kind of reaction may have been, like, a little worse. Because the places I went into my head was like, oh, my God, you're such a freak yeah. who does that. Like, what did she probably, like, burnt it? She's like, oh, just, like, uh, fucking flipped out. I was like, I mean, you know, now looking at that, that probably is what happened. But uh, it I was sh- fun to lay awake at night and, and imagine. Oh, totally. It's a delicious uh, little feeling of just, you know, putting yourself into the most horrific of situations. Um, <laughs> I love it. I miss it. I, I want to do it again. I still do it, I'm sure. Um, were you, like, a grand gesture kind of person like uh, like the idea of like writing the letter you know yeah well all right you want to hear a story about a grand gesture with 100%. a crush in middle school yes. that it ends horrifically so oh, just be prepared please this well, is also yeah. my first like real kiss I, like in elementary school it's, you know like peck on the cheek or, mm-hmm. or whatever but like it was that's like, what people first, say like, didn't happen for me oh uh, well <laughs> no. playing the playing the field in elementary Oof, as God. you're not i mean you're supposed to not do <laughs> But uh, I was in sixth grade, and I had a, a big crush on this girl. Uh, we'll call her Jane. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think she was, like, a little bit into me, and we kind of, like, started the beginnings of, like, like what, whatever, like, going out is. It was, like, hanging out at lunch yeah. and stuff. But there was, like, a big, um, there was a big toy drive for Christmas, and uh, you got a raffle ticket for every toy you brought in. And uh, I brought in a – and it was a, the prize was this huge teddy bear. And I was oh. like, oh, that's perfect. Like, I'll donate yeah. a bunch of stuff. And, like, I had a shit ton of toys that I wanted to get rid of anyway. And then I had, like, a bunch of, like, smaller ones that, like, if a kid got one of them, he'd be like, what's this, like, dinky thing? But I gave him, like, piecemeal so I could get a raffle ticket for each one. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of them were, like, Crash Bandicoot toys. <laughs> it's, like, something I was fucking flush with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then, like, over the announcements, you know, when they finally did the raffle, I was like, I put so many in, like, my, there's so many of my raffle tickets in there. And, like, I won. I remember, like, standing up and, like, knocking the chair over behind me, <laughs> like, yes. And uh, my homeroom teacher, uh, Mrs. McClellan, shout out, Mrs. McClellan. Shout out. Uh, she was always really, like, uh, a good a good figure in my life. She, like, got me into writing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, like, she was really stoked for it. And then I gave her the teddy bear, and she was very, very happy about it. Yeah. And then we had our first kiss in the hallway which you're not allowed to be like kissing in the hallway or anything. And all of yeah. her all of her friends held up their like jackets 
like starter what? jackets like around us, like the <laughs> hall monitors or the lunch ladies or whoever was, you know, patrolling the uh, <gasps> hormones of the children. Oh my god. To not to not see. Yeah. What a supportive system. Yeah. <laughs> so things, you know, I was like, oh, cool. Like first girlfriend, everything's going really well. Yeah. But there were like a couple rules. Like could not walk. Like if I were to walk her back to her place after school, her place, her, her, her place. house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had crib. to, I had to turn around halfway through. Like I couldn't walk her all the way through. Okay. And I wasn't supposed to call, which I had forgotten one day. Ah. And she was, she was in, uh, the band and there was going to be like a recital okay. and, um, I had called her house to talk to her, and then she got on the phone, and like immediately, like a dude's voice, her uh, her stepdad gets on, and he's Uh-oh. like, "Shane is not allowed to talk on the phone." Uh, and then he he hangs up on me, and then he calls back like two minutes later, and he's like, "Oh, and are you going to the the recital tonight?" I was like, "Uh, well, I was." He's like, "You're not," and I was like, "Oh man," I was like, and that was like kind oh of the God. that was kind of the end, and then she moved like a month or so later. And uh, that put the kibosh on that. Yeah. We find out, like, a year later that uh, he, uh, he was sexually abusing she and and her mother. And that is why they all moved. Holy and why he was fuck. so defensive and, like, weird to me and anybody say, that she dated. Yeah. And it was this really big, horrific, especially at that age, to be like, whoa. And and kind of connect some other things. Yeah. That, like, it was like, oh, that guy's, like, a huge dick. Not to say like every you know yeah protective father is <laughs> that's but insane. it was mind blowing yeah and I didn't realize it was gonna be horrific in that yeah sense. you know <laughs> real real curveball no that's that's crazy oh my god so that was my first kiss I wonder I don't want to like read too much into stuff but like if that's your first how does that affect you going forward if that's your first yeah I mean I don't know you'd have to ask uh, my therapist but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do remember it being kind of like, when you know, whenever I, and I have like, you know, fond memories of, of her and, and tried to reconnect with her later uh, and it, and couldn't like find her or anything. But um, yeah, it definitely is tied to, you know, it's it's a fond memory. And then at the same time, like a weird, like growing up memory of like, look at how fucking weird and awful the world yeah. can be. And like right behind, you know, like you, you don't see it on the surface, but it's like bubbling right there oftentimes. That's so scary. That's a that's a scary thing. It's like I don't know. I'm I'm I I'm connecting a lot on this podcast and it's not all like insanely amazing insights, but just like realizing how many times like I was like peak happy, like like everything was perfect and good and then like 30 seconds later like disaster. And I mean obviously that affects a person, but I'm starting to realize how much it has (laughs) like um and how much I think it uh sort of limited me going forward and you know you you create these barriers you create these like fucking defense defense mechanisms and stuff and it's like I knew that it was there but I think going back and like reliving it I'm like oh man no I need to get my shit together (laughs) (laughs) I I need to like like Carlos was a dick but like Come on, hold someone's hand, you dumb piece of <laughs> shit. That's me. I'm calling myself a dumb right, piece of shit. Yeah, I'm following. But Carlos also a dumb piece of shit. No, he's fine. No, he's <laughs> not. He sucked. That episode was awful. Um so with Lewis, I it's a weird thing because I was so used to being uh kind of in love with the best friend uh and 
you know, the best friend dating like my other best friend and blah, blah. And I think that's probably why I didn't let myself even realize that that's what was happening, mm -hmm. you know? Because at that point, it, I'd been through the fucking ringer with it, you know? Yeah. And I You're didn't... Like protecting yourself a little bit. Yeah. But I still... I don't know. I, I usually have male best friends, like, um, just because I have been fucked over so many times by female best friends, and it's, like, a harder thing and I sort of I think was slowly but surely figuring that out but at the same time like in high school your friend group is so like limited especially at my tiniest fuck art school that it's like how do those emotions not fester you know and like and we're and oh man I was going back and like reading some messages I was so fucking sad and we were, and, and I think that's like what made our relation, that was sort of like the underpinning of our relationship besides that like weird sort of sexual tension that I don't think I called sexual tension, mm -hmm. um, was just like we were both so sad and we would just talk to each other about how sad we were. <laughs> and like, it was almost like we would take turns where it's like, I'm lifting you up today and today you're lifting me up. And there are some days where we're both sad and we're both like, Fuck everything. I can't wait to move. I want to go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> I like, there's some really, did I, I think I took a screenshot of it. Some really funny uh, messages where I'm talking about how sad I am. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I'm so tired of being alone. I really am. Oh, because I was talking about, I, I felt like life, I, I do, it, it's funny to make fun of, but I like very much remember what it felt like. I had, a, I had a moment like sophomore year that I felt really just like I talked about like I felt like I was on autopilot like nothing was affecting me I think I was just like but it but it was like a deeply sad like slow feeling where I just like I was like I need something to fucking happen because I hate all of the people around me like except for a few people you know like Lewis um and I just you know you high school sucks like Oh, yeah. A lot of the time. Uh, oh, this is good. This is good. I go, you know the people I sit with during lunch? And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, every single one of them are talking to a guy or, or talking about a guy or have a guy into them. I am the only one that has nothing. And what <laughs> I really hate the most is how fucking visual it is. You can't ignore it because you see it. You see it on their faces while they're texting, while they're waiting for texts, just like smiling. I was just like so... And I and I that did suck. That fucking sucks when like all the girls around you are like, yeah. he said, and I'm just like there, just this little black sheep in this group, and it like so so Lewis was an important like uh, important uh, person to like bounce back and forth from, and uh, there was a moment where I was talk I was so mad. I I, I read this earlier. Uh, I was so depressed, and I was like, I was like the only thing that I have to look forward to is Radiohead floor seats. Because <laughs> I had floor seats for Radiohead. I was really stoked about that. Those are important things when you're that age. Like, yeah. The only thing I have. The only <laughs> thing I have. But then it was like, but then what do I do after that? Just wait for the next fucking concert? Because this was, uh, I've talked about this in, a, in the last couple of episodes. I did music journalism uh, when I was 16, 17. I was going to a lot of concerts because I was like covering them. And that was sort of my double life thing. So I really was just like living on the high of doing these really exciting things, but then having to go back to fucking high school and deal with everyone. 
Yeah. And then at some point, Lewis gets into this sort of group of friends that were people like I wasn't super into drugs or anything. I just I don't know. I well, at first I was one of those obnoxious people who was like, uh, I got high on life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the worst. Yeah. Um but he got involved with these people that I really fucking didn't like. And it wasn't because they were like into drugs and shit. It was because they were fucking obnoxious, like bad people. Like yeah. But they, he starts becoming friends with them, and then he starts like just showing up to school on like bars, <laughs> and like, of course, a part of me, my little maternal instinct, is like, oh my god, yeah, like, part of me's like horny for it because I'm like, I can take care of him, you mm. know, because no one lets me do that, and like, that's all I want to <laughs> do, really. I want to. I have a lot of love to give, mm. and uh, no one lets me throw it on them. So, yeah, but I'm, like, literally basically carrying him, like, walking with him to take him to fucking biology class. I, like, sit him in his chair. He's, like, so fucked up. He starts, like, taking out more pills. I'm, like, no, you idiot. You're in front of the fucking teacher. Like, don't do that. So he starts, like, going in this kind of not great downward spiral to the point that, like, and this is also when he's starting to get hotter. Mm -hmm. And other people are noticing. Oh, yeah. You know? Now he's, he's bad. Oh, yeah. Now he's a hot bad boy. He, like, he, he starts getting, like, fit. And, you know, he just he just looks good. Uh, and all these people start fucking swooping in. And I'm like, <laughs> bitch, I've been here. Um, but at one point, it gets really serious. And I'm, like, concerned because it's, like, not. At this point, and, this, and, and I've talked about this a little bit, like, People, like, doing shit in high school, like, that's a thing everywhere. But, like, arts high school, people just like to take it to the extreme because yeah. they're fucking artists. Like, shut up. Um, yeah, so it the starts filthiest department in our school was drama. I mean, compared <laughs> to your school, our high school was, like, Christian-seeming. Yeah. But yeah. then again, we just didn't have, like, a lot of outside stuff because we were on a military base. and. Oh, yeah. And this is Miami, okay? Ooh. This is, you know, doing coke in the bathroom. Yeah. Real shit. Uh so at some point, it gets really bad, and I can't remember, like, the exact timeline of it, but I, like, talk to my mom about it. I'm, like, I'm really fucking concerned. Like, he shows up fucked up every day, and, like, and he was, he was in architecture, and he was, like, really fucking talented, and it was, like, getting towards junior year where we have to do these portfolios to get into colleges and shit, and I'm, like, I don't know what to do because his group of friends that he starts hanging out with a lot more are like only enabling it and and it's not and I was not like never a fucking straight edge or some shit but it, like there's ways to be into that like responsibly or whatever and I'm like these fucking bullshit people are like not good friends they're not seeing like what's really going on so at some point my mom like talks to his mom I think oh, no. and no this is but this is like a thing because it was really I think he got caught at school with shit and like there was already stuff going on, and it was sort of like a... Because at that point, I had gone to his house a lot. We were trying to make a band. How cute. <laughs> I was, we were just, like, doing covers in his garage because he was like, like, you have such a fucking good voice. Like, you got it. We have to be in a band. And I'm like, yeah, let's be in a fucking punk band. And we would, like, write really bad songs. Um, <laughs> that was my only... The only time I tr dipped my toe into that pool of... Because I love music. <laughs> no, yeah, I should be a rock star. 
Um, we had great dreams. But so then I, I think he he kind of we like I go to his house with my mom and we all kind of like talk. And I'm pretty sure he he goes away somewhere and he like gets help at some point. And when he comes back, I'm like really the only fucking person there for him. Like, cause everyone was, I think freaked out. Yeah. Um, so like, that's like real shit, you know, you go through with someone and I think, I mean, I think a lot of it was, I was a good friend and whatever, but I think I really fucking like cared about him in, in a deeper way than the just friends so then what ends up happening sucks more. Right. Because it informs a lot of stuff that going forward too, because that's such a developmental period. Yeah. And he basically when he gets back, he still sort of leaves me for those other friends. And it's like, okay, well, I was here to do all the fucking dirty work and like make sure you're cool and and like really be there for you. But now like now my job's done and now you've moved on to this other thing and 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 he had like girlfriends and whatever and I I don't think I was ever outwardly like jealous of the girlfriends but I was just like you could do so much fucking better than these people <laughs> like these people suck you they, wanted the best for him I did so it was really heartbreaking because we were so so close and and it was the only boy who would slap me in the face at PE. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just that, I don't think I'd ever had that level of comfort with the guy before because even with, with my friends that I knew I had no chance with, I was like, I don't want to like look ugly in front of you and blah, blah, blah. And, and with us, it was just like this really aggressively comfortable, like intimate vibe. And then, and he took it from me. <laughs> <laughs> so that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, any crushing rejections? Because that's the thing. That wasn't a full on rejection. It was almost like just a passively like, I am not interested in this in you being in my life anymore thing. Uh, no, I can't really remember any like crushing rejections, like particularly from, you know, middle school, high school age. I think anybody that I was really into um, either I didn't put myself forward enough to be rejected fully or like everything else was like pretty small scale why do you think you wouldn't put yourself forward oh just because i was afraid of getting fucking crushed yeah yeah and uh would just kind of avoid avoid that i also didn't get to have like a lot of long-term stuff because being in a military family yeah we moved around a lot so you know sometimes the longest time you'd stay somewhere like or one school was you know two three years tops so a lot of these like That's longer wild. forming kind of things wouldn't wouldn't really develop um did you think, do you think you wouldn't even try to really make emotional connections with people? Yeah, I mean, that was a large part of it, especially because sometimes you would get uh, stationed somewhere knowing when you were going to leave. Like, mm -hmm. if, you know, like you're, you're only going to be at this school for a year. So, you know, you try to keep things. You, yeah. you learned early on to, well, I think I personally like learned early on to like, it made me a more sociable person because you're off in the new kid you got to make friends quickly because yeah. everyone else already has their kind of shit formed. And you don't want to, like, spend the first three months of nine knowing nobody. Yeah. So you, like, jump in there pretty quickly. But then, like, halfway through, I remember, like, trying to, like, meter some of that out, like, uh, manage the blow of, like, moving and, like, e even just platonic friends. Like, yeah. You want to keep everything, like, you know, not as deep because, you know, you're going to, like, leave these people. Or they're going to leave you, too, because everyone's shuffling around. Because mm -hmm. they're, they're moving, too. They have different, you know, uh, being stationed other places and whatever. That's cr That's wild. My mom had a – it was not a – military situation it was 
a crazy family financial thing where she also kind of did not stay in the same school like for more than two years and I cannot I don't know I can't imagine it it's do you think you um do you think you craved that deep connection a lot though I think I do some and it pops up in my head every now and then too you know with some friends like oh this is you know my we've grown up with each other Mm -hmm. he was my next door neighbor all my life and I have a lot of friends from a lot of different places that I'm still friends with, still keep in touch with, and I cherish all of those, but every now and then I'm like, man, it would be cool to like have that that different relationship that a lot of people have. Yeah. And just sometimes by, you know, just by virtue of uh, location, even if, you know, it's not that you were the best friends the whole time, but you have all these memories just packed in there because you were just always in the same area with each other. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. think there were things you would do or, like, do you think there are ways that you tr- would try to, f- fill that like connection like I don't know what that would be but yeah I don't know uh not not that I can think of I'm sure there was some kind of you know something going on in the back of back of my brain to like to fill some of that stuff in there or just um maybe just have more of a kind of high density relationship with the people I did temporarily um was it like an intense feeling stuff yeah I I mean I it's I'm trying to remember it now in high school and I feel like a lot of it was like a lot of it was kind of tarnished by the fact that like the reason we were all in Germany is most of our fathers were in like Iraq or Afghanistan Mm -hmm. or something like that. So there's always this like dark specter over everything, your friendships, just even like going to dances or trying to get like a little like after school job or anything that like in the back of your mind is like your father, your mother, whoever's the service person in your family is like Mm -hmm. out there fighting a literal war. And you see some of your friends, parents dying and all this shit. So it was kind of like, I think that affected a lot of our social interactions and the way a lot of us dated. I mean, I didn't date too much in high school, but other friends did. And I think that being a part of it, not that we could all like see at the time, but definitely had this kind of sinister bubble beneath the surface for everything. But do you think it also gave you like that common space of like, like, did, do you feel like you understood each other more than maybe? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, it would, it would have been a lot different if, you know, I was, because uh, sometimes you would be stationed somewhere, but you would go to like just the regular public school because it was like nearby. But in Europe, obviously, they're a little more contained. Mm-hmm. So at least we all like knew what we were going through. If I was like the only kid whose like father was gone and everyone else was like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, that'd be a, a much different story. But I think also, yeah, knowing all of that uh, over, our, over our shoulders was kind of like probably bred higher intensity moments sometimes mm-hmm. without us knowing it. Just like, oh man, all this shit's it's all fucked yeah. up. And then. <laughs> Let's just, I don't know, make out. That's, I mean, that's totally a thing. I think I I romanticized stuff like that. Not like that circumstance, but I think I really wanted a lot of the time something like deeply intense and emotional and like angry and, and anything because I was so just, I think, bored by everyone around me and everything that was going on that I was like, Fuck, I don't I I I don't care what it is, but just like give me something to react to in some way, which is like gross because what I mean, what am I fucking expecting? But I think <laughs> I and maybe it's just growing up with like movies and shit like that. Well, we all grow up with movies. But <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I, I was just very used to and, and I'm sure it's also a product of being used to being the friend where the thing for me growing up and like probably still is 
like if if you think I'm cool and nice and like interesting, you want to be my friend. If you think I'm hot and you're attracted to me, you just want to like fuck, um, which is fine. Like I did that a lot, and you know, I I have no problem like with a casual hookup, but I think that since I never got like both, and it was like such a hard thing to find, it's like okay, I want to fuck, but I want to cry at the same time <laughs> i want to fucking cry because i need something you know like oh god I, I just imagine like oh imagine like fucking making out with someone that i love and who loves me yeah. you know i think some of the intensity of like you know being at war and like with a you know all of us teens having mm -hmm. to deal with that i think it also bred a want or maybe not a want, but there there were some of my like most romantic memories uh, in high school were like completely non sexual. Yeah. Like I had a crush on this girl named Erin. She was a year above me, so she was a senior when I was a junior, and we kind of became like we were in the same group and we became like friends and we'd hang out one on one and stuff. And I'm sure she knew like I had a big thing for her. Mm -hmm. um, she was like very cool. Uh, she played soccer, um, and I also played soccer, so we got to like hang out through that as well. Yeah. Um, and then before she was about to leave to go to college, she invited me over. We were, like, walking around the base, and then we went over to her place. And I, she was from Vermont, and I had never seen Super Troopers before. Uh -huh. And uh, so she was like, I got I to gotta show you this movie. It's like kind of takes place where I'm from, but it's also one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. You're going to love it. Yeah. So she invites me over to watch Super Troopers, and she makes us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I remember, like, we sat on her bed and just ate those sandwiches watching that movie. Aww. And she, like, she put way too much fucking jelly on the <laughs> I remember, like, it was coming out of the sandwich, like, onto my paper towel plate and just being, like, I'm not, like, the craziest about jelly to begin with. And just sitting there just, like, grinning and eating it up and be like, there's way too much fucking jelly in here. <laughs> but, like, knowing kind of in that moment and then thinking about it, like, as, as I do every now and then, like, that was one of the sweetest, like, I remember that being, like, a big, big moment for me. And, yeah. Like, as much as I had, like, the base-level hormonal urge to, like, do something sexual mm -hmm. as you want to with anyone at that age, I don't really remember that being – I mean, I think I was a little nervous just being, like, in a girl's room on her bed and that kind of thing. But I don't think there was any, like, intense want to be like, oh, I wish we were making out or I yeah, wish like we were fooling around or something. It was like, yeah, eating this sandwich and watching this, this dumb movie is, like, the fucking tops. Ugh. I love that. I want that. <laughs> That's the thing. I, th I think – now I crave shit like that. Like, yeah. um, and even just towards the end of high school, I like, cause once I became a sexual like person, I was pretty like comfortable with it. And I think I just, I did, I never expected like any feelings to be, to come with it, which maybe in its own right sucks, you know? <laughs> um, and I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go to fucking Churchill's, go to this concert, fucking get drunk, make out with this guy, hopefully. And that's all fun and good. But that just became like the pattern of it, you know, where it was yeah. just like. And at one point I did realize like and, and it was it was always my my decision. It was always fine. But at one point I was like, oh, man, I could be anyone right now. You know, like I could I could I. I, I'm totally replaceable in this situation. And it's like, maybe, maybe I want someone to be like, oh, this is Rebecca and I'm going to spend time with her, you know? But I think I never got like quiet, nice moments like that, especially because I, I attracted people like Lewis. I, I don't know why. I think this, 
this is a thing that my mom has too where if if someone just like if they find if a person finally gets to know me and realizes that I'm like very caring I think it just allows people that have a lot of shit going on to like find me like it's wild to me how many times I have been called by a guy who is like I don't know I I I just I just want to die you know and like at like 15 16 like that's a lot to fucking put on a person yeah and it's not like I regret those relationships and I really did care about those people but it's fucking exhausting I'm sure a part of me seeks them out too though but it makes for a lot of like high intensity moments that don't have like any romantic payoff for me that I probably wanted. Right. Um, so then there's never just like, oh, we're having a nice day where there's no <laughs> real high stakes, you know? Yeah. We're just, we're at a park. We're sitting on the curb. We're drinking an icy. Like how nice would that be? <laughs> oh my God. To just have a casual, nice passive thing. But I don't know. I don't know if I... Like, what do I do to change that? Yeah, well, I mean, just, you know, in general, I think, you know, younger guys or just guys in general do that to women a lot more. So yeah. the the chance of me being on the receiving end of, of what <laughs> you just described was a lot slimmer. Yeah. Uh, and then also there just wasn't a lot of us to get up. Like, not, a lot of us didn't have cars. We were kind of mm-hmm. confined to, like, certain areas that were supposed to be, like, safer on the base. Or if we left, it was very, like, we're going to do – we're going to go to a bar and, like, have some beers because we can at 16. But, like, that was very, like – you know, racy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we didn't have like the opportunity even just to be like alone too often or, or th- in situations where it wasn't just maybe like watching a movie and eating a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, and then for myself too, like I didn't lose my virginity until I was a freshman in college uh-huh. and then, you know, became, I mean, I was already a sexual person uh, or wanted to be more so, but until then, you know, a lot of those things were like, it wasn't just like on the table for me or I didn't think that I was going or I wasn't trying to like actively because it hadn't happened yet for me before. So I didn't know how to navigate yeah. those seas yet. So it was very like fine to be like, oh, let's just go do this thing. And I'm not going to try to like yeah. paw at you. And, you know, there wasn't like a lot of like drunken house parties where someone would be like, oh, let's, you know, like fool around up here in this mm-hmm. person's parents bedroom or anything <laughs> like that. Did you feel like a restlessness that once you did go to college came out like definitely? Yeah. Yeah. Did it ever, like, how did that manifest you? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm just curious. Uh, Well, I lost my virginity the first weekend of college. And by, by, uh, this is my new life. (laughs) I was there, you know, like classes hadn't even started. You know, you move into the dorms like on a Wednesday. Yeah. And then you have like five days of like, you know, just getting to know the lay of the land and everything. So it was like that first weekend before uh, classes had even started. And this, uh, girl woman um did not drink not for like religious or like had bad experience or anything like that just a, a chosen non-drinker yeah but like wanted to hang out and party <laughs> and and she and her roommates and some of mine were all were all hanging out getting very drunk doing this awful thing called uh, a peppermint patty which know. is where you pour some chocolate Hershey's chocolate syrup in your mouth and then take a shot of peppermint schnapps and then shake your head back and forth really fast until and then mm. swallow it just tastes like a peppermint patty. I feel like I'm dizzy. there. I feel like I'm a lot of fucking college. sugar. You're jacked up on you know, <laughs> a depressant and a stimulant. Uh, it was bad news. I got annihilated. Yeah. And I remember she was very like, do you want to take another shot? Like, do you want to take another <laughs> shot? Well, she was not, you know. 
Oh my god. Uh, so she was definitely like making a move, and mm-hmm. then she invited me to her dorm to watch uh, one of the horniest movies of all time, Forty Days and Forty Nights. <laughs> yeah, literally, like <laughs> the whole thing. And uh, you know, even though I wanted to lose my virginity and had for you know some years at that point. I still like really clueless about a lot of that shit. Yeah. So there's this there's a scene in that movie where some some one of his coworkers trying to get him to break the bet. Yeah. Gets up on like the copy machine and shows him like a tattoo near her vagina. Yeah. And uh, during that scene, she turned to me and she was like, "Oh, you know, I I have a tattoo." No. There. She did it. And I was like, "Oh, cool." <gasps> turned back to watching the movie. Like, did not fucking. Oh my god. Put together that that like she, you know she was trying to. <laughs> Nor the just the general fact of like come over to my dorm and watch a movie is just code for let's go to let's yeah. go to Bone Town right that is now. So bold. And then I think like maybe a couple scenes after that, she was just like, because we had like suite style dorms, so we were like in a living room kind of situation. Uh-huh. And she's like, "Hey, like, let's go back to my bedroom." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh now okay. now I see." Though she also you know put like eight or nine drinks in me, and I was yeah. annihilated. But uh, so that was that situation. And then afterwards, I think it was kind of a waterfall of. Uh, missed time uh you know just very much uh trying to trying to have a lot of sex after yeah that. did you uh because i and now it's like ugh, i don't want to s- i i know that it sounds bad um but i would like almost exclusively hook up drunk like mm-hmm. and not and, and i not like blackout like i i rem- i remember all of the things and i and 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 it was usually like, uh, that guy I've, I've been wanting to, I'm going to get a little drunk. I'm going to make it happen. Um, and that was kind of, and it's not great. <laughs> no, no, but I know what you mean. I think yeah. that for the first two years of college for me and most of the people in, in around my group was like, that was, it was like 90% of the sex I had the first two years of, of being sexually active. Like that yeah. was, was some alcohol was involved in some way. Yeah. And then like. The transition to sober hooking up, I just hate it. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, I think it also, I think there's a weird, like, thing in my head where it's like, drunk hookup is, you know, just a hookup. It's it's fine, whatever. But, like, sober hookup, I, I feel like it's, I'm, like, more aware of the fact that I am not your girlfriend. And, like, and this is just, like, not transactional, but it is almost a lot more of, like, it's well, like a, a non-event. At a that way. age, when you know, when you've only been doing it in like party situations or or like kind of drunk, and to do it sober, there's like a fair more amount of vulnerability yeah. in play that maybe you're not aware of. Or like, I just remember a, a couple times just being like so much more aware of like what my face was doing, or, or just oh my like God, yeah. how like oh, this is how you take off your pants in front of another <laughs> person. Like, I remember before having sex with anyone, like being very scared of just that, like. Just, just the part move. of like I was like, can't you just be fully clothed and then then be having intercourse? Like the yeah. the in between right there is like, I feel so embarrassed. I gotta like undress in front of someone <laughs> and they have to see my full naked body like on full display right yeah. there. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Can we pass? Yeah, can like, we skip over that? Turn turn the lights off. Don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No. Yes. I mean that's why I think some of my like favorite hookup memories are like. I, we're in the car and I can't do that. Like that would be a whole mission. So right. this is the situation now. What's better than having sex with your clothes on? Amazing. Yeah. Truly incredible experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget it. I wonder I wonder if uh 
I wonder how I would feel if I ever had sex with Lewis. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's interesting because like I think we knew about each other sexually in like a very uh, intimate way. Where like I remember when he would he was going out with this girl and they were talking about how like yeah we're like sucking toes. I'm like okay cool. Interesting. Like I am not into that necessarily, <laughs> but like but like I would know everything and I don't I don't know if I've ever like had sex with someone that I knew so like deeply on that level and maybe it would have been bad maybe it would have been too much pressure to be like oh no this is what you're supposed to like and and this is what the things that we've all talked about maybe it would be bad yeah I don't know this I I went and I found um some of the last messages from us because I was like how did this dissolve like I remember that it dissolved like hardcore so we he got distant from you know he sort of distanced himself from me we both did sort of but I think I'm the kind of person that a lot of guys feel that they can just like drop back in when they need me Mm -hmm. you know and I'm like that's fucking I'm not I'm literally like I will be there for you but I'm not actually your therapist like (laughs) (laughs) I am not qualified though I do think my advice is very good (laughs) um he messaged me one day. Um, he was like, hey, yo, Becca, I miss being friends with you. Sorry I'm a lame asshole. And then I don't think I, I answered because I was like, what the fuck? Uh, he's like, may I ask what I did to tick you off? I mean, I get it to an extent, but not at the same time. That uh, doesn't seem like he got it. No. I'm like, I mean, and the thing is, I'm so – I. I'm so accommodating because like I could fully attack, right? But I'm but I make it a lot more general because I don't know. I don't know why. I could have been mean to him. I don't know. And I'm like, I mean, I guess you didn't do anything. Life happened or whatever. Why are you asking now? <laughs> He's like, cuz I understand the life happened part. I get you. I really do. But I don't get the resentment. I know it's not only me. You seem to resent a lot of people. <laughs> Which I am doing this podcast, so <laughs> I just don't really see when slash why it happened, and I feel bad about it. And I said, um, I guess resentment comes when I feel kind of bailed on as a friend slash decide to not put up with all the shit. It's not even really resentment; it's more acceptance that things don't change or whatever. <laughs> like I'm not actively <laughs> resenting you or something. Um, I also I blame that I hate Facebook on me not responding. <laughs> also, nice. I hate Facebook, so there's that. <laughs> And he's like, wait up, you feel bailed on? Which that all caps is bold of him. Uh-huh. But, and, and I, rem- I remember feeling like, oh, but I just, so I'm talking generally. No, I'm not. <laughs> why am I, why am I saving him? I'm like, I also don't know why you're bringing this up all of a sudden. He said, look at how, this is brutal. He says, like I said, I kind of miss you. Fucking kind of miss you. I don't know why I'm bringing it up either. And then I'm proud of myself with this one. I go, honestly, at this point, kind of being missed isn't really satisfying for me after getting fucked over by so many people. And this isn't really specifically directed to you. Yes, it is. But it's kind of me trying to avoid further fuck overy. Cute language. Yeah. Uh, AKA just not getting close to people again. LOL. Which sounds fucking jaded. I know. But I have the track record to back me up, you know? And the rest of it is a lot of like, I, I, I don't really know what I did, but it's cool. Like, I get it. Life happens and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, and it's crazy because I see how much we both changed and literally everything we talked about, every interaction, maybe 5% of it was really fucking worthwhile, you know? And I'm like, 
Wow. Wow. Um, I'm not saying that to make a point of how most of it was shitty. It wasn't. I sound dumb. It's hard to express this shit. Fuck. And I think at that point I was like so mad. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, man. LOL. It and seems then, like uh, that's yeah. the kind of conversation or behavior where like someone's like, they don't really want to fully apologize, but they do want you not to be upset with them so yeah. you can be on their reserve. Exactly. Like, Had you gotten hotter in this period of time since you guys had me? spoken? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think 1617 was a delicious spot uh, for me. It was guys good. do that shit all the time. I mean, I've, I've, I've been guilty of doing that for sure. <laughs> but like the, the audacity to say that like 5% of our interactions oh, weren't yeah. I mean, worthwhile. Are you fucking kidding me? That's really cutting the... The platonic relationship you guys had for a long time. Yeah. And it's just, I think the, so the whole thing with this, I'm trying to figure out like how all these people like play a part in like my shit. And I think like looking back on it is A, I definitely at that point super started to like quit before I, you know, like, like never even, I think intentionally tried to pursue him, even though deep down I was like, probably very much in love with him in a way mm -hmm. um which is sad because i was like i was like 15 16 i was already at that point where it's like oh no not even gonna try not even gonna try <laughs> i'll just be i'll just be like your literal like punching bag you know your emotional crutch for everything and i'll feel important <laughs> um but i'll never make out <laughs> um, but also it's just like it i did become so jaded so quickly because a lot of these relationships like Lewis is a perfect example of like they were fucking heavy. I put a lot of time and energy into them and it's like for fucking what? Like ev they all end up leaving and it's like I want to care. Like I have a lot of that in me and I still can't I still can't like stop it, you know. That's just yeah. like who I am. But it's almost like now I know it's like no. It's, I'm probably going to like getting calls at three in the morning about some <laughs> shit and and i'm gonna put so much in like this and, and and it'll be like tops a year and a half and then that person will be completely gone from my life you know i mean that's a lot of stuff to synthesize at that age like intense emotional work like you doing a lot of the emotional work style relationships yeah for a while especially when people are being dirtbags and not to give any of them any leniency but being dirtbags at a time where they're also trying to figure out what their brain is doing and what they're like what yeah. kind of person they're trying to be even if they're going down like the path of being a fucking asshole yeah but like yeah i think there's there might not be a, a complete and necessary through line in all of that other than just like a lot of people fucking suck yeah i think like with lewis and and there's a few people like i don't think there was ever, ever anything like malicious that he that he did necessarily like probably did not realize how much of like my emotional threshold he was taking up but it is a thing that I, I think just at the same time as like feeling really important because like I need to be there. It's also just like, how do I balance just like being a person that's able to care for you, but also, I don't know, be fucking interesting enough for you to care about like my shit. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is not a fun one. Sorry, I didn't give you a fun one. No, it's fine. This is just what real life is about. I mean, yeah, I think a long I did a fair amount of that for a long time and like. Not to get too pinning it on something that happened or too like Freudian. No, that's of literally it, like, what this entire podcast is. <laughs> my uh, my my real mother left at like a, a pretty interesting age for me, and I think mm -hmm. I noticed I I used to do that a lot with um and and still sometimes do, and I'm I'm trying to work on it a lot, but like it's very easy to be a shitty dude who has some like 
problems in that area and then mm-hmm. let somebody who wants to take care of them, especially if somebody hasn't for you, like how I kind of felt for a long time, yeah. to fill that void. Mm-hmm. But then you got to grow up and like realize like, you know, what, what people are, are for you and not use them as these like backboards or like, oh, this is what I'm going to use Rebecca for. But then yeah. I'm going to go hang out with my Xanax friends <laughs> on the weekend and I don't know, fucking not off and skateboard. Yeah. And when I've had like a rough time and I feel like shit because I've been treating my brain and body so poorly that I'm going to call up Rebecca because yeah. I know she's the one who's going to be the sounding board for me. Yeah. Which I mean, like, that's the thing. I can't, like, obviously I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad. I think I'm mad for like young Rebecca. But, like, I get it in a general s- sense. And I almost wonder, like, I wonder what's up with him now. Like, yeah. I wonder how he treats people now. Because he was really fucking cool. And I really, really, like, loved him and cared about him. And, like, he's, g- he's, he's one of the people that I think is, such a, is a great person. And I want the best for them. And I just, like, wonder if he looks back on shit like this and realizes, like, oh, this is where lines were crossed. And this is where, like things needed to be balanced out more. But I think at the same time, it's also, like I have my fucking abandonment issues 100%. And I think at that time I was sort of trying to work through them. And like at every turn, every turn, they were like, no, this is your your <laughs> your, your fate. Your destiny is that these people are always going to leave. They're always going to fucking leave. Um, yeah, but that takes like sometimes yeah. decades of really hard work to to rewire the shit that gets put into us from a younger age. Yeah, I just I, I'm sure it's it's like totally a juvenile thought thought, but I'm like, no, what's gonna happen is and there's gonna be the one person that's gonna come and they're gonna stay in my life. They're gonna stay <laughs> in my life, and I sort of have that now. Like I have I have my uh, best friend Mark is like still in my life. We did have like a dark ages of our friendship where it was like two <laughs> two year, two years or something, and I like and I, I went to two semesters of college, and in the two semesters of college I went to, I was like, oh, creative writing class, I'm gonna write all about fucking Mark, <laughs> and 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 connect it to like my own family shit and how everybody ends up leaving and blah blah blah, you know. Um, he came back though, so that's nice. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, heavy. And do you have any? Do you have any? Um, like closing things about young crushes you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. Just I'm sorry for anyone I ever had a crush on when I was younger. And You're the first person, first person who's worse. ever said that, <laughs> which is and crushes, you know, up until uh, uh, semi recent. You know, just, yeah. it all, it's a lot of work trying to be trying to be better. Yeah, especially in the romantic world. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You're the first. I'm truly shocked that you are actually the first person who's been like. To anyone out there, <laughs> sorry about what I've done. Yeah, what happened with all my past guests? You have nothing to be sorry about? I know from your fucking stories you do. <laughs> I guess I'll add to the, the apology. Uh, <laughs> I'm also thankful for the, the few uh, people who've torn me to shreds about my behavior so I could then learn from it. Yeah. Because it took a while to stick. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect and, and far from it. But I used to be a lot worse when it come, came to that kind of stuff. So, you know. Sorry that other people had to do the emotional work in the beginning, but <laughs> thank you for uh, calling me on all my bullshit so I could at least try to piecemeal work it out. <laughs> you know what? A round of applause to those people. Yeah. We, they're, they're great. I'm sure you're doing great. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I'm not going to just If they like... heard this, they'd be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, rightly so. I hope they do listen. Please listen to my podcast. Subscribe, <laughs> rave, review. <laughs> um, yeah. Lewis, closing thoughts. It was cool to have a really close relationship with people with someone like that. And I'm sure a part of me is like craving it again. 
you know, like is still chasing that feeling of like, oh, wow, I can fully just be like myself in like a physical sense too, you know, like I like that. I like human contact, endearing human contact in which it's not just right before we make out and, you know, (laughs) like, oh, I can fucking pat me on the shoulder. I don't know. (laughs) That was nice. You know, I'm not asking someone to stick their finger in my nose again, but it was right. fun. How nice. Yeah. Um, so do you, uh, I like to close it out with um, music stuff. Do you, what's what's a song or songs or band that you, that transports you to a teen feeling e place? Do you, you have any? The World Has Turned and Left Me Here by Weezer. Well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that one. Um, Seems fitting. Do you have any other ones that, like, if you listen to it? Oh, God. It's just I like, mean, ugh. shit, like, cute without the E, right? Taking it back Sunday, you know, a few times it felt very scores. Like, this is that, oh, man. Totally. This is that shit. In all of this, You know, it's pretty... Uh, What's the one I talked... Did I talk about that one? I talked about... No, I talked about You're So Last Summer, obviously. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another, another uh This is This is the classic. playlist. Look at these fucking hits. There's a lot of Third oh, Eye Blind. That's all for me. a 17-year-old girl. Hell, yeah. There's a, we talked about Broken Social Scene in the last one. Oh, my God. No. You know what? This, this is not necessarily a great song. Um, do you remember this song, At Your Funeral? Yeah, I know that song. Oh, so great. Is it? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah, the baseline on that song still bangs. I, I've listened. To that, I listen to that song probably once a month at least. I'm fucking it totally is on normal a, and cool. No, it's on a playlist that I have. Uh, look at this very early 2000s video. Oh. The thing is, it's the it's the very genuine drama of it. <laughs> you know, I am. Um, and I talk about this all the time, but like walking down the street <laughs> late at night in Chicago, maybe it's really cold. I've got like my good headphones on. Okay. And the wind is blowing. Is it the wind that's making my eyes teary? I, I don't know. Is it, is it saves the day? Could be. Yeah. A lot of the time. And it's very, it's, oh, this right here. This is the part. Ugh. And at you in a row. <laughs> I will sing the Requiem. Oh, I just want to feel like this. Spinning right? around alone in a room while yeah. life passes you by. Look at this domestic bliss. <laughs> I love just the audacity of the song, though. That like this will this song will become yeah. the anthem. Like you don't know. Like you don't know that. This is what all this is what all my friends looked like. Oh my god! You mean <laughs> all the boys I had a crush on? <laughs> it's the same cookie cutter indie white dude thing. Oh, I wish it didn't work on me, but it did. <laughs> but I was 
if 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 a boy that looked like this uh, ever hooked up with me, it was because they thought I was half black, and they were they would tell their friends that. <laughs> it's a real thing. It's yeah. a real thing. When I was like really tan and I had short hair, it was kind of like an afro. I've heard this multiple times. Like, did you know that that like Randy or so and so is like telling people he hooked up with like a black girl? I'm like, <laughs> I'm not offended that you necessarily think I'm black, but like, why are you trying to fetish me, fetishize right. me? In a race that I not I'm not even. Yeah, you know? he's trying to get a check mark. Yeah. And that's the thing I feel with like fucking white boy improvisers uh, <laughs> in Chicago. I'm like, oh, you're, you're quote unquote basic. Like I'm a, I'm a checklist for yeah, you. I'm yeah. like I'm like the artsy exotic one. Yeah. But none of them are trying to fucking date. <laughs> so put your money where your goddamn mouth is. You want to explore. <laughs> I got a lot of rage. I can tell. This is a great song, and I'm glad that you agree. I'm gonna add it to the playlist. I just straight up listen to my own podcast playlist because it rips. <laughs> Ohio is for lovers. That's a great one. Oh Ew. God, I haven't heard that in a long time. Should we listen to it just for, just just for fun? Yeah, if you're gonna make me, it's, you love it. <laughs> this, oh, this is some good hair here. Oh God, yeah, these guys yeah. fucking sucked. This is the only song. I'm not saying I wasn't into it. But. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, just God. what? What is? The, what are the voices? You know. Yeah. Like basement whispers. Yeah. Is that fucking? That's not Matilda, is it? I don't think so. Look like her. All little white girls. I don't think that matches the the time. (laughs) No, true. (laughs) I have no concept of time. We're just just gonna be the rest of the podcast. We're just gonna watch this music video. It's great. These guys all got fucking sleeves and like and and were like mid ripped and then they're like just. God. Make it all my my heart is in Ohio. I wish someone would let me fucking whine like that. I, I guess that's what my podcast is. It's just me <laughs> whining. Got my wrecks and black my eyes. Oh man. That's like a bold lyric. Just cut my wrist. That's a it's a very bold. I mean it's like a bottle because of Mad Dog 2020 me. bold. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I could do this all day. Alan. Rebecca. It has been so nice having you on my podcast. It was pretty nice. It was pretty nice. You were good. Oh, my God. I do this. <laughs> I honestly, thank you. Thank you for having me. You were great. You're a great storyteller. Thank you. I had so much fun. What, um, do you, do you want to plug anything? I don't know. No, I don't have anything to plug these days. But uh, you're a great writer and you have writing. Yeah, you on can, the internet. You can find it on online or mostly there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a I guess like you know like yeah. my handle is the way to find it. Well, it's your handle. Tell tell the people. It's uh, I know it at I love butts twenty four seven. Which a hundred percent took me probably a year to realize that it, that it was twenty four seven. Yeah. Just, I just saw it as just numbers. No, yeah. People have often been like, oh, what I love butts two four six was taken. <laughs> it was like, or two hundred forty six people had it before you. It's like, yeah, jackass. It's like, why am I so fucking stupid? <laughs> like, it's really <laughs> quite simple. Um, I'm on Twitter at Almond Milk Hotel. Great. Nice. Oh, lovely. <laughs> um, the, cr- the the show is on Twitter at Classroom Crush. And uh, we like to tweet, we. It's just me. It's my favorite thing is going on my Twitter, uh, my show's Twitter, and be like, we have a great. <laughs> it's yeah. literally me. I like tweeting myself. It's very fun. <laughs> I'm very alone. Um, uh, yeah, I'll probably tweet some uh, fun young pics. So follow that. 
It's great. We love it. I'm just trying to figure my stuff out. And we all are. Yeah. And 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 maybe maybe I'll figure it out soon. Probably not. <laughs> but that'll that that'll keep you guys just feeling so bad for me. Great. Love great. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>